Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. All right, friends, we're back. It's episode 79 this week, and we are talking about talking about negotiating basically with your doctor, negotiating with your health. Like when I'm terrible at it, I'm a terrible patient. Like you're like, Kim, you just had surgery on your shoulder. We do six weeks of therapy, and you're gonna have to like wait to go back to CrossFit. And I'm like, fuck you, I'm going back to CrossFit. <laughs> so I think we all do it. But Dr. Carmen as a physician, has been experiencing this from the patient side. She broke her ankle a while back ago, and I don't think she's been a very good patient. I have not, and I I feel like I've been trying to be a good patient. I keep telling myself I'm going to be a good patient. I tell all my patients I'm trying to be a good patient, and my family, but um, I recognize being a patient is challenging, right? Um, and I do, you know, I, I, um, had an appointment with the orthopedic physician yesterday, um, had to get x-rays and make sure that things are on the right track. Right. And, um, they are on the right track just slowly, right? Like they could be better. And so, um, you know, he asked and he evaluated, like, what are you doing? Are you still wearing the boot? Are you still, you know, using crutches? Are you doing all these things? And I'm like, mm, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. No, I mean, some of the time I probably, yeah, use them like 25, 40% of the time, depending on the day. But, um, I heard myself and I, um, I asked him and I told him, I said, okay. And I started to ask the question and I said, okay, I know this is going to be challenging to, um, to answer because people ask me this all the time, but I was like, okay, what do I have? Like what I asked him is how long do I need to not be mobile in order to fix this? Right. Like, wait, wait, I, just- I thought you told me earlier that he was like, you're going to have to quit walking on it so much. And you okay. told me earlier, you were like, how many steps a day then? Okay, I did. <laughs> so he did. He told me I had to stop walking on it. And I said, and I did. I asked, I said, okay, well, at first I asked him, I said, how long is this going to take? You know, like, how long do I not have to walk on it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was like, you need to listen to your foot, but the more that you don't walk on it, the better off you're going to be. And so I said, how many steps is that? <laughs> because I said, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm an active person and it's hard for me to sit still, to be honest. I mean, when I'm I say that, I mean, I can sit still and, and um, do projects, right? I'm, um, but it is a little bit challenging for me to stay in one place because mm-hmm. I feel like I have a lot of projects that I need to do in my life. <laughs> so, um, so, and he told me, he said, just enough to do your ADLs, which are like activities of daily living, which essentially, and then, you know, what you need for work. Cause I told him I work out of my home and so I don't have to go very far from my office. And so he's like, essentially the steps that it takes for you to go to your office and go to the bathroom and go to your office and go to the bathroom and then go to 
bed. <laughs> He's like, that's all the steps you need to take, you know? And, um, and I, I said, oh, okay. And he's like, how many steps are you used to taking? Right. Well, significantly more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I did, I kind of pinned him down and tried to get him to quantify. And he's like, well, you know, less than 500. I'm thinking less than 500 steps a day. That is, that's a challenge. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite the couch potato that I could sit all day. And I was like, it's not comfortable for me to sit all day. And so I do, I kind of rotate between different chairs and different things, you know, around my house. But um, I did, I found myself wanting to compromise with him. I was like, okay, what can we do? <laughs> yeah. um, what can I do? And I recognize it's like, you know, people do that with me all the time. They're uh, compromising, like, okay, I don't want to do that. What can I do instead that'll still help me get the results that I want, right? That's that negotiation. Yep, yep. Um, I, your turn. <laughs> so then let's just do a little coaching here. So I think it's really helpful for me when I see like real life ex like examples and it's like, I can see myself in them, right? And like, oh, okay. What... Humans are, let's go back to the model. Humans have a thought, a thought mm -hmm. an emotion. Emotions drive the humans to take actions. We're either moving towards an emotion we want to feel or away from an emotion we don't want to feel. Okay. So then we take our actions and we get our results. Yes. Okay. So why is it a problem that you cannot walk more than 500 calories a day or 500 steps a day? What is your brain saying about that? Um, so I, oh gosh. Okay. So my first thing was I'm used to walking. Like I was trying to work up to 10,000 steps a day before this incident. Right. And so I was like, usually about 6,000, 8,000 if we went to the park. Um, so all of a sudden I'd been counting steps. Right. And so to go from 6,000 to 500, um, one makes me not feel as healthy, which is a thought. Okay. Which is a thought. Two, I'm thinking just walking back and forth in my house between getting, I mean, um, getting ready for the day, right? Putting the dog out, all of that. I mean, I'm already walking like, two to 3000 steps just at home mm -hmm. on a, you know, regular day. And so then I'm thinking, well, just even just doing things at home, I won't be able to do because now 500 steps is significantly less than that. Right. So, so it's like, okay, thought, now I won't be able to do what I normally do. Like what emotion does that thought create for you? Um, it creates frustration. Okay. And then the fear of being lazy. Okay. All right. So let's, we'll, we'll do one at a time. So it creates frustration when you're frustrated in your life. What, how do you show up? What behavior, what actions do you take? What inactions do you take? Like what does. Hmm. So usually, um, I, it usually is an inaction because I get overwhelmed, right? I get overwhelmed and then I don't do things because I, yeah. Um, I get frustrated and I, um, can, it can be a little bit challenging for me to make sure that I'm like making that right decision, right? It's like, okay, if I can only take 500 steps, 
right? Then I have to prioritize like what I can do, right? Like what am I spending my steps on? Yeah, exactly. And so then it's like, you know, you want to spend your steps on the right things. (laughs) Okay. Which then it becomes overwhelming. And it becomes overwhelming. And then it's, um, uh, yeah. And then I don't want to do it. Right. Then I don't, um, yeah. So then you just like, oh, fuck you. I'm not doing five steps, 500 steps. I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to do 10,000 steps creating results of, uh, like delaying the healing more damage. I need to, to write down what your thought was. that started that. Yeah. It, it goes back and it affirms that thought. Right. And there's resistance then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you're there's this. As patients, we are resistant to doctor's orders because we feel uh, out of control and we feel like it's just too much to manage. So I'm just not going to even do what you told me to do. Right. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think, um, you know, always my, from my perspective as a physician, I'm always trying to like uh, educate people to kind of get them to get that buy-in, right? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. if you understand what's happening, then hopefully like people will stay on track. So I tell you what, from this perspective, it's still a little bit challenged because I know yes. that I know what it takes to heal, to heal us. And it, it takes time, right? It takes not to be putting pressure on it, to keep it elevated, keep the swelling down, you know? Um, but even knowing that <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's not like, so when physicians give us orders, right? Like sometimes I'm not a physician. You can argue with me if you'd like, like it's, it's you telling me what to do. And a lot of us are automatically resistant to that. We feel controlled then encaged. And so then I'm going to do the opposite, right? Even though Mm -hmm. it's at my harm. And also he made up a number. There's no research around 500 steps. He was just trying to like, if I blow ball her, I know she's going to do probably 2000 steps. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you've just made this meaning around this 500 steps is sending you into overwhelm, which then makes you resistance toward the orders. So I think it needs to be more of like, Carmen, what do you want to do? How do you want to invest in the healing of your foot? Um, that's a great question. So I, I am planning on like slowing down, right? I feel like I've already been slowed down for the last four, five, six weeks. Um, but I was thinking about this um, last night. I was like, okay, I do feel like, you know, potentially this injury is um, teaching me to be more intentional and to slow down, mm-hmm. um, but to be more intentional, right? With my I don't know why slowness is hard for me to, to digest, but um, being more uh, intentional with my steps, with my actions, right, um, of things around the house, things in my office and my business. And so I'm trying to translate that into, I'm going to be more intentional with the healing of this um, ankle as well, right? Okay. And so um, I will 
compromise and <laughs> not do as many steps, but also even if it's just being more um, like wearing the boots and using the equipment more often, um, we'll still give them an opportunity to rest this ankle, right? But still get more of the things that I need to get done. So what if you just took all the doctor's orders and you threw them out the window? Yes. Okay. And I give you permission. I give you permission to do whatever you want to with this ankle. You literally could just put a, t- a tennis shoe on and go to the park and walk 10,000 steps a day. Okay. Like there are no rules. There's no hold bars. You get to do what you want. How do you want to, t- how do you want to treat your body and treat your ankle then if there's no restrictions? So I'm just, I'm listening to my body, right? I'm listening to my ankle. Like my ankle will let me know. I can tell when I've overdone it. Um, I, I, yeah, I can tell. It lets me know. Can you tell um, before you've overdone it? Does it give you signals before we get to this point of I've overdone it? Um, yes, it does. I just haven't been a very good listener. Okay. So what if you just did that? Like you said, screw it to the 500 steps. You said, screw it to all this, like what I have to do. And just said, I'm just, I'm going to choose to check in and then listen to my body. And when my ankle gives me these signals, I'm going to listen to it because I'm going to choose it. Yeah. How does that feel? Um, I feel like uh, that feels a lot better, right? It's not as restrictive. Um, (laughs) It allows me to feel like I have a little bit more control over the situation. Um, It does um, prompt me to also be a better patient and to listen to my body instead of just like pushing through because I think I've got schedules and calendars and all these other things to maintain. Um, It's like, oh yeah, I can make my body a little bit more of a priority. So I like that feeling. Because you're in control. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a lot less overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was frustrated. I was texting Irvin like, (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, and he did, he led with good news. I mean, I'm excited that the bones are healing and, and, um, uh, back on track. It's yeah. Just a slow process. Yeah. It's just like honoring your body. Your body is more intelligent than any physician. We obviously know. I think that you're a genius, but I still believe the body's smarter than you. So, <laughs> right. And if we just like, these are all suggest, these are all thoughts from a doctor. He has right. thoughts about how it should be done. Yeah. He is offering you these thoughts. Some of them are educated. Some of them are just like, mm, I'm going to pick 500 steps out of my ass and tell you to do that. Yeah. Right. Do what you will with his thoughts, but it's still ultimately your choice. You're still are in control and power. It's your body. Right. Yeah. I can take um, his thoughts and suggestions, because I do, I respect him, you know, um, I think he is a very good doctor, uh, but to translate that, right, to, um, or like to kind of, yeah, translate it and process to uh, what makes sense for me. Yeah. yeah, that makes much more sense. It's definitely a lot less frustrating and a lot less overwhelming. Yeah. And it feels a lot less restrictive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because being that restricted and um, being told what to do doesn't feel good. Nope. The human brain doesn't like it. 
Like I think we automatically go to a place of resistance, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of just, we just have to make it our own. Like whenever I, like if I go to you and you're like, Kim, do this and this, this, sometimes because I, I love you and I respect you, I'll do it for you. And then sometimes I just have to make a decision for myself. Like I love my body more than anything. How do I want to invest in my body? How do I, what choices do I want to make for it? Is this a choice that I want to make for it? Or am I willing to do a different choice and allow it to suffer the consequences? And sometimes I do choose that. Yeah. Right. But yeah, like, I always go back to like, this is for me. I'm not doing it to people, please you physician. I'm doing it for me. Right. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a um, much more sustainable place to come from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it feels better. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, I know you've talked about like having patients that are like, well, you know, like do go gluten-free for four weeks. And they're like, well, can I have whatever grain, you know, like ancient wheat grain. It's like, that's still has fucking gluten in it. Like, yeah, I think, and um, I think the response from me would be like, sure. You to- totally, absolutely go drink some or eat some wonder bread. If you'd like to just know this is what you're doing to your body. You totally get to make that choice. Right. There's just consequences to all our choices. Which one do you want to live with? Right. Yeah. I think that, um, people understanding, right. That we always have that choice, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't, um, matter what other people think or say, you always have that choice. Yeah. Cause I do. And I mean, I, and I, I felt it and I knew it when it was coming out of my mouth. Cause I was like, I'm compromising, right. What he's suggesting to me, I'm compromising. And, and, um, because I, yeah. And I was like, people do this to me all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. I, I always think that's part of their process, yeah. right? I mean, that's part of the process and understanding um, what it's going to take in order to heal your body, right? Yeah. Um, and you do, you make choices that make sense to you. Um, but I did, I, I had a little bit of a, a different, a, a new person. Now, well, uh, maybe not new, but like an affirming perspective that I was like, okay, I understand. I do. Um, I, I, uh, have a gal who is she is very intelligent she's done the research she knows the connection between autoimmunity and gluten mm-hmm. and she's taken gluten out before like years ago and she did feel better um and she's in a flare right now and she's very uncomfortable and unhappy in this flare our autoimmune flare I said, we've got to cut out gluten, right? Like if gluten is one of the biggest triggers for you, um, if you could cut out gluten and feel better, you'll know, right? That that's part of your root cause. Um, and it's this compromise. It's like, hey, can I try <laughs> this flour that has less amounts of gluten? Can I try sourdough bread? Because they say it doesn't have gluten in it. You know, can I try all these other things? It's like, well, those things still have gluten in them, right? And if you are that sensitive, it doesn't, it's just going to be as if you would have eaten that piece of Wonder Bread, right? Or eaten that pasta. Um, it would, it'll be the same reaction. And yeah. so you have to, yeah, completely cut it out to give your body an opportunity to stop making the antibodies for that four weeks. Yeah. yeah. But people interpret that as like, their brains go to absolute right? Mm-hmm. They, it's like, you're telling me I can't have something like, like, don't go touch that. Right. And 
in our little yeah, yeah. right next to that. And it's interpreting like, I can't ever have that again, which then that means they interpret, take that belief. And it says, um, that's unfair. Right. Yeah. Right. That, uh, um, I can't have something and that's unfair. Then that makes us want it even more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's where all that negotiation comes from. It's just, that they're trying to negotiate the mental drama. You're telling me this, my brain is interpreting as you're withholding from me. And, um, I don't get what I want in life. And then we will right. always negotiate and self-sabotage out of those thoughts. Yeah. I, um, try to, um, you know, I don't know, in my mind, it's kind of like you're giving giving people sort of that light at the end of the tunnel it's like okay well it's really it's four weeks right it's just a challenge and then we'll reevaluate and then you can test and see and your body will tell you if it's ready to eat that food or not right mm-hmm. but sometimes even yeah the four weeks or the 28 days is, it feels like a mountain to people that they yeah um uh can't get over yeah yeah and there's like a for me like when you give me a 28 day goal like I'm already like it are fear comes into me because I used to not believe that I was consistent or disciplined. So then you're uh, a failure. Like I can't do that. I've never proved that I could do that. And that is real. And then that's really hard. I see. Yeah. And because right. it becomes harder than it actually could be because yeah, now you've got this added perception. Yeah. 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 So I wonder if we like, if like, as you guys are out there listening, like when people are giving you that, like speaking up, like, okay, I have never been able to be consistent or disciplined before that long. Right. So what, like having the input of them, like how long do you think you could go without it? Yeah. Right. We want to like backdoor the brain basically. Right. Yeah. It's like, how long do you think you could go without it? Or how long do you think that you could choose other things? Yes. Yeah. How many days? Because we're really good about like adding. It's very hard for our brains to subtract. So like Mm -hmm. how many days do you think you could like try eating quinoa for four days and then eating, I don't know, rice for eight days and rotating this through. So then they're focused on what I can have, not what I no longer get to have. Oh, true. Yeah. That, that makes a little bit more sense. You know, um, when I'm making a lot of diet suggestions to folks, I always have all the things to add to your diet at the beginning. (laughs) It's way more pages than the avoid list. Um, but there's still things you need to avoid. (laughs) So, um, but it's more like replacing, right? It's like this instead of that, which is all Um, mindset stuff, right? Like we're just trying to mm -hmm. brain hack the brain to get it away from that resistance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if your doctor was like, do you like, what can you do Carmen for the next three weeks where you only had to take 500 steps? How could you live your life in a way that was so creative that you only had to take 500 steps? Your brain wouldn't have been so resistant to it. That's very true. Cause it would have been, it would have felt like I had the power I get to choose. Yeah. And now I get to create, um, those activities around. Yeah. Um, that 500 steps instead of like, oh, you just took away yeah. like <laughs> 5,500 of my steps. Yes. You've ruined my life. 
Yeah, you're like, I'm destined to sit in this chair for 45 <laughs> days straight. Yeah. I'm so healthy that I'm now gonna have heart disease. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. I like that perspective a lot better. Hopefully that helps our listeners too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all do it. We all like whenever we're told we can't have something or we can only do this, our brain automatically goes to a place of well, it it takes it to scarcity. Mm-hmm. There's not enough food, there's not enough shelter, there's not enough water, there's not enough, you're being kicked out of the tribe, and it goes into its primal instincts, then right? There's scarcity, so then survival comes out. Fight, flight freeze right yeah exactly because our brain can't tell the difference between a real perception threat of death and perceived one right so then it's like scarcity i'm being threatened what can we like it like goes into survival of like okay how do we like basically sabotage all this to move out of this place yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, by changing that perspective, right. Yeah. It gives you that, uh, opportunity to kind of take that power back. So then you, um, are kind of, yeah, tipping it. So it's not in that scarcity yeah. mode. It's not like, Oh, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. you have a lot less options than you had before. Like, yes. Oh, yeah. When we, um, I love that when you said we're kind of brain hacking. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's we're just, just I mean, to like get it out of that primal brain, that survival yeah. brain and upload into the prefrontal cortex because the prefrontal cortex is where you're going to problem solve. So that's why your brain really loves that question. When I'm like, how can you be creative and like come up with ways to only be able to take 500 steps a day? Cause then you're up in that prefrontal cortex and you're starting to problem solve. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so true. I'm, I'm taking notes. Cause I, yeah, need these reminders. Yeah. I mean, that's where our brain loves to be, right? It's just a problem solving machine. And when mm-hmm. we down regulate into the primal, we eliminated our ability to problem solve, which it loves and feels good and moved ourselves into the primal brain, which is all just about survival. Right. Yeah. 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 It's hard to be productive when you're in survival mode. It can be. Yeah. Your, yeah. our, 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 um, our brain is very powerful, but it's not a, uh, able to um, allocate enough energy to do both. If you're in survival mode, yeah. Um, well, it doesn't, why do you need to, right? Like if I'm in survival mode from a prehistoric perspective, right? Like I am running from a lion. Yeah. I do not need to problem solve or goal set or plan. Like the job is the human body go run from the lion to, to live. If we live, then we can talk about problem solving, being creative. <laughs> right. Right. It right. makes total sense to me. It's like when we're about survival, of course we can't use the rest of our brain because the body's like, I'm about to be eaten. Like right. yeah. focus on surviving. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very, yeah. A uh, smart design is what's kept Yes. Humans yep. alive this long. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Awesome. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Thank you very much. I really, uh, yeah, appreciate this. <laughs> uh, 
support of a new perspective. And I really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you, friend. And I hope this is helpful for you guys to see, like when you're encountering like people making recommendations to you, like, A, it's their thoughts, right? Their opinion, they're best educated, right? And they're optional. You get to choose whether you want to listen to them or not. But that doesn't mean choices always have consequences. So then you just have to ask yourself, like, if I choose to not listen, am I okay with these consequences? Or if I choose to listen, how do I make this my own where it, I take the power back and it's my decision? Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. All okay. right, my friend. See you guys later. Do you love reading books? Of course you do. So do we. That's why we started a book club. It's a monthly subscription where you receive a box that has really fun prizes or gifts in it that go along with that month's theme and we rotate our books. One month we read a book about body, mind, and then soul. It's so fun to have this community of people that are interested in holistic wellness and we get to talk about all sorts of different topics based on that month and just getting everybody's different perspective. So if you're looking for a community of holistic-minded people and you love reading, this is gonna be the best community for you. It's so fun. Our members just talk about how fun it is to receive each month's box with a surprise book and a surprise gift. We meet via Zoom only twice a month to discuss the book. So if you're interested, go to thriveandalignhealing.com forward slash book club to join and we look forward to seeing you in the months to come.